Hello and welcome back to our devotions, this time for the Holy Week. First, an apology. I was supposed to do this podcast yesterday, but uh, couldn't make it on time. Thankfully, Pastor Jason got his out earlier, and so we had his yesterday and mine is today. As we approach Holy Week, as we are, we have entered into Holy Week, and as we approach Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday, and Easter, it is an important time to slow ourselves down. Perhaps to look at some of your activities first, and if there are activities that can be delayed, or deferred, postponed, put them aside first. Because it's important for us at this time to spend time allowing God to speak to us, reflecting on certain very important issues about our lives, about holiness, about anxiety, about God's care and love for us. And it's a very opportune time then this week, as we have three days of devotions on the Psalms, and then Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday and Easter Sunday. I encourage you to come for Monday, Thursday as well, because um, it will be quite a different service. Um, it will be very reflective. There will be Bible readings, um, hymns, especially Holy Communion. Do come and we will introduce a different form of worship to you at Monday, Thursday. And then Good Friday, that's the time when we observe the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Holy Saturday is a special day. You notice that no services. But I encourage you not to go out and have lots of activities because this is the day where we spend in silence. So we allow God to speak to us the impact of his death, his sacrifice upon the cross to hit us and to speak to us. And so as a tradition, the church does not have activities. Instead, we spend this time in quiet as we reflect on God. And then we come back on Easter Sunday and we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Today I want to talk about anxiety and how God deals with our anxiety. Well, it's not directly um, related to Holy Week. And yet I believe that one of the things that plagues us the most is our anxiety. And it's also one of the things that keep make us very restless or very listless. So I want to deal with anxiety and how we allow God to minister to us in our moments of deep anxiety. Perhaps then in this quiet period, slower period in Holy Week, you may also find God to be have an answer at least to alleviate your our anxieties. So I want to read from Psalm chapter 46. Let us pray. Father, speak to us. Let the truths of your word comfort us, ease our anxieties, lift us up. And Father, we may place our burdens, our worries, our fears upon you and know how much you care for us. That even at this holy week, we may put to death our fears, our anxieties, lay them at the cross. We may then 
rise with Christ, full of hope, full of freedom, at least to begin that journey of finding freedom in our Lord Jesus Christ. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 46 God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way, the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her, she will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us, the God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields of, with fire. He says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We live constantly in anxiety. The psalmist talks about mountains falling to the heart of the sea, most likely through earthquakes, um, through volcanoes, tsunamis. Though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, when we read something like that, we think of a terrifying tsunami. I've never seen one, but I've seen waves that, that surge at us, and it's a frightening sight. These are natural calamities. The psalmist then talks about these natural calamities that bring fear to us. Indeed, in Singapore, we have had much safety in terms of natural calamities. We're grateful for that. And yet, many, many of us are also very anxious about climate change, about the climate crisis. I'm in particular very anxious about this, not because it will be in my lifetime. In fact, I have strong feeling I will die way before the climate crisis hits us. But that's where the rub is, that's where the pain is, because I know it will hit our children, it will hit my daughter, and I'd much rather be around to suffer with her than to leave and go to heaven and have her and her friends and their generation go through the calamities of a crisis, of a climate crisis. But our young people are very worried as they see global, as they see climate change, as they see rising temperatures, as we see glaciers melting, the seas rising, temperatures rising, fires in different parts of the world, ravaging whole forests and destroying millions of trees. It's a frightening thought. What's even more frightening is the callous nature of many industries that don't even care that with every day we destroy more and more of the climate and seal the fate more and more of our future generations. It's something that is terrifying for the, for the younger ones because they will have to face the disasters and the catastrophes of the climate crisis. 
and then the walls. The psalmist writes about wars as well. In verse 6, says, Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall, lifts his voice, the earth melts. We see many wars these days and it doesn't seem to stop. Two years ago, it was the Burmese, the Myanmar crisis, close to home and yet not close enough because it was internal. And then the Afghan crisis further from home, we felt a little bit more sympathy towards the Afghans who had to fend for themselves. And then Ukrainian crisis. That was much larger because it wasn't an internal fight. It was an invasion of one large country, one of the largest countries, a nuclear country, against another, threatening then the whole of Europe and the West at the brink of war, involving then the other large nations of China, India, Pakistan. And then we hear of North Korea taking advantage of all of these and trying to provoke the other countries as well. We are painfully aware that just one misstep, one moment of anger, of vengeance, could trigger another world war, could trigger further aggravations, not just to Ukraine, but to the West, and eventually also to us. And so while it may not be as close as close enough to frighten many of us, yet the possibility of t things changing overnight is high. We think of the Ura Ukrainians, they were happy people, they were enjoying their lives. Many of them were just loving good life. Overnight, they lost their lives, they loved their loved ones, they lost their homes. And the pain continues. We are painfully aware too that in our country, where there's much prosperity, anything could happen. And then along the way also was two years of COVID. Moments of great tension, moments of uncertainty. I was most dismayed last year well, it wasn't last year, it was the year before last, 2020, when McDonald's had to close for a while, and I began to wonder what happened, what would happen to our future. Things were so uncertain, we could no longer meet in restaurants, we couldn't go overseas for short holidays, or for long holidays. Life just changed. And over that period, I'm sure it brought much anxiety to many people. Even now, COVID continues to bring anxiety. I think of our seniors, those 70 and above or 80 and above. At one time, when I was in my previous church, we were having great fellowship. Our seniors' fellowship was just flourishing. Seniors were coming in droves and we had great fun together, great time of worship. We discipled them, many, many of them. And then COVID struck. And we discovered then that they were the most vulnerable. They were not allowed to come, leave their homes or to come to church. It was between life and death, a choice of living or dying, or being isolated completely from a time of enthusiastic fellowship, of friendships. Suddenly they discovered that they were left alienated from each other, separated for a long time too, even today. Those 80 and above are told not to leave their homes. When will things ever return to normal? Or will they die alone? 
without any friends. There is a lot of anxiety that we face every day. It's not even about global catastrophes. We think about our daily fears, our daily worries. We think about the exams that we have to take, being called up by a boss suddenly and wondering what that was all about. We think of suddenly losing a job and discovering that we can't easily find another job. We think about losing our money suddenly in an investment that went bad in a business that failed. We think about home, home where it's supposed to be calm and gentle and happy place, safe place, but where there is no safety at home, where there is noise and hostility and pain. Many, many things make us anxious. What's worse, some of us are born or brought up with much more anxiety than others. Some of us are just nervous people, anxious people. I'm one of them. I am anxious, though I may not look so, I may look chill on the outside. But I have a problem with anxiety. Many mornings I wake up tense in the stomach, fearful, wondering what the day will bring. Sometimes it's because of a lot of undone work, a lot of work that's heaped upon me or that I've heaped upon myself. Sometimes there's nothing at all. No work seems to be very free and yet the gnawing fear and anxiety that something's missing. I think many of you will identify with this psalmist as we talk about anxieties and fears, large ones, small ones. How then do we deal with such anxieties? The psalmist says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. It's nice to know, but how do we, how are we able to believe that? Are we able to believe that God indeed is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in trouble? I think one of the things is to test it out. Whenever there are crises, whenever there is fear, whenever we get into spot, we cry to God and we say, God, be my help, ever present in time of trouble. We come to God and we pray each time we face a crisis, each time there is a difficulty, each time we are worried. That's what I do in the mornings. When I wake up in cold sweat, sometimes over undone work, sometimes over nothing, and yet annoying emptiness, annoying pain in my, in my insides, I pause and I say to God, God, these are my fears. Sometimes I bring each of my problems to God, each of the tasks that I have to do, each of my worries to God, and say, God, I'm worried about this and I'm worried about that, worried about the other. And as I bring them to God, I begin to rest in Him. What's wonderful about it is that very often after I brought them to God, I feel a sense of peace and then I go for to continue to do the things I'm supposed to do and discover that the fears are greater than the reality. But it's important to test that God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. It's easy because each time we face, we are faced with great anxiety, we just bring them to God and allow God to help us. Let's take away our fear in these things. But there is more. 
In verse 4, it says, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her, she will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Here, the psalmist talks about the city of God, where there is a river. When we talk about river, we talk about life, we talk about refreshment, we talk about goodness. And it says that this river runs across the city and God dwells in that city. And because God is in there, she will not fall. God will help her even at the start of the day. This is metaphorical language. At one time, of course, it referred to Jerusalem, the city of God, where there would always be safety. But right now, it says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. It is God who lives in us. What does that mean? It means that we are that city of God. Each of us is that city of God. And collectively, then, we are also the city of God. And within each of us will flow a river that refreshes, that heals, that, that brings goodness into our lives. And God lives in us and protects us. You know, this is a reality that God dwells in each of us. The Holy Spirit comes and lives in us. And if you have not, you feel that Holy Spirit is not there with you, then just say this prayer, Father, I believe you and I believe your promise that you will give me your Holy Spirit. I pray now that you will let your Holy Spirit come into me like rivers of living water. Say a prayer like this. John Wesley was a very scared person when he when, when he went on his trip, on his way back, and on his way to America as well, he faced storms and he was terrified for his life. Even as he preached, he was also terrified as people heckled him and threw objects at him and rejected him. He was very scared. But as at all this gate, as the Holy Spirit came upon him, he became a very changed person. The fears within him left he was able to face crowds bravely and boldly and speak with conviction. No longer was he afraid of death. We see the same with the disciples. The disciples who ran away when Jesus was arrested. Peter who denied his Lord when he was questioned about it. And we see the dramatic change in their lives as the Holy Spirit came upon them. There was confidence, there was courage, there was fearlessness. This is what happens when the rivers of living water flow through us. And I begin to learn this too, that each day as I wake up with anxiety, I call to God and God reminds me that He lives in me and therefore He will help me right at the start of each day. And then His Holy Spirit, like a river, flows through me. This is a reality and I urge each of you to ask God for this reality. Each morning pray that God will fill you with his Holy Spirit, that God will help you at the break of day. And then it continues. He says, come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on earth. That's verse 8. and verse 9 he makes war cease the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. And then in verse 10, it's a much-loved passage, he says, 
Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still and know that God is God. It calls us in the midst of each day to be still, in the midst of our anxieties, to be still, to let God speak to us. What do we spend in this time of stillness? First, to remember all the times when God answered your prayer. Not all, but some of the times that God answered your prayer. Do you remember the times when you were really anxious, anxious about your source of income, anxious about an exam, anxious about a sickness, anxious about many things, and how God delivered you and made life wonderful for you? How God took away that pain or that fear stood with you? Those are the times when God shatters the spear and destroys the bows, that he makes war cease. Do you remember the times when you were fearful of conflict and God eased the situation and helped you? Think of those times, because those were the times that God showed himself to you. The reality is that God does not fail us. God will not fail us. It is our memories that fail us so often, our memories of the good things that God, the way, the ways that God has come to us, that fail us. When we are still before God, and we take time to remember that God, all the times that God has helped us when you cry to Him, and we will realize one great truth, that He will not let us down. He will not fail us. And so to summarize, how do we deal with our anxieties? First, to pray to God each time we are anxious. To ask God to believe that God is a present help, ever-present help in time of trouble. Each time there's trouble, cry to Him. He will be there for you. Pray for second, pray for God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Not a once-off thing, but every day that the streams, the rivers of living water will flow in you and through you. We remind you that God lives in you. So at the start of each day, ask God to take charge of that day. And more than that, remind you that he lives in you. And third then, various times of the day, be still and remember answered prayers. Remember the times when God intervened. Remember those times. Remember that God does not fail His beloved. Let us pray. Father, we are anxious people. Many worries, many fears. Some of big things and some of very mundane things, but they cause us great anxiety nonetheless. But Father, your word says that you are our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. We pray then, Lord, that each time there is trouble for us, we may run to you, call on you for help. We pray too, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will come in us Remind us that you dwell within us and because you live in us, you will protect us from evil. You will take away our fears and anxieties. Lord, we pray too that constantly you bring back to mind how you have been 
faithful to us, that we may not forget that you are God who never fails your children. In times of greatest fear, we may be reminded again that you are always faithful to us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, have a blessed day and really do take time to be still, to slow down and to contemplate God. I'll come back again tomorrow and then Thursday, come join us for the Monday Thursday service. God bless you. Goodbye.